We're so glad that you're here today. Be reminded of this, that this is my Father's world. It doesn't make any difference what courts might tell us. God is supreme, and He will reign today. Amen? And so we recognize that, and we pray to Him, and we lay our teachers at His feet in all of our educational institutions today. But Jesus is here. This is my Father's world, and we lift Him high today. Would you stand to your feet? So glad you're here. Let's sing together. This is 
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen, and thank you for that good singing this morning. What great times of worship we get to have. And today we want to recognize in a special way all of our educators uh, in our church today. That goes all the way from homeschool parents to preschool teachers, all the way up through high school, college, paraprofessionals, staff at our schools. We want to recognize you today because as school starts, you need our prayers, and we want to lift you up. Um, I ran across this little thing the other day. It said, being interviewed by the school administration, the eager teaching prospect said, let me see if I've got this right. You want me to go into that room with all those kids, feel their every waking moment with a love for learning, and I'm supposed to instill a sense of pride in their ethnicity, modify their disruptive behavior, observe them for signs of abuse, and even censor their t-shirts, messages, and dress habits. You want me to wage a war on drugs and sexually transmitted diseases, check their backpacks for weapons of mass destruction, and raise their self-esteem. You want me to teach them patriotism, good citizenship, sportsmanship, fair play, how to register to vote, how to balance a checkbook, and how to apply for a job. I'm to check their heads for lice, maintain a safe environment, recognize signs of antisocial behavior, make sure all students pass the mandatory state exams, even those who don't come to school regularly or complete any of their assignments. Plus, I'm to make sure all the students with handicaps get an equal education regardless of the extent of their mental or physical handicap. I'm to communicate regularly with parents by letter, telephone, newsletter, report card, class dojo, etc. All of this I am to do with just a piece of chalk, a computer, a few books, a bulletin board, a big smile, and a starting salary that qualifies my family for food stamps. And you want me to do all of this, yet you expect me not to pray. Today, we want to pray for you. <laughs> I'm convinced one of the hardest jobs is teaching. No matter at what level, and the jobs of administrators are very challenging, and I think it gets harder sometimes by the year. And those of you who are educators, we want to celebrate you today and we want to pray for you so that we might see who all is here. We invite you to come and stand across the front facing the congregation. This is homeschool, parents, teachers, traditional system, all the way up to college. Any of you who are faculty, staff, somebody's got to move for others to move. Come, come. You in the balcony, come. Anybody. The buses will wait. We'll all come. We want to we recognize all of you, and we, we've got a little gift that we want to give you. And um, I know that we have some uh, of our professional uh, staff with us. We have some of our, our principals. Uh, anybody a first-year teacher in this crew? Anybody a first-year teacher? All right, how about, huh, did I hear one coming in first year? Reggie, Reggie, give us a witness. Reggie's got to run lights, but he's first-year teacher this year. First-year principals. Where you at, my man? I know, there he is. All right, Fred Dickinson starting as principal of a school. Big, challenging jobs. I want to point out, uh, those of the rest of you who are principals, would you please, please raise your hands? We got Christy Dugas. We got Miss Laurie. Hey there. We've got... Um, Aaron, Dr. Aaron Stokes, who we're partners in education with over at Pineville Elementary, and she's a preacher's wife, so it's pretty cool to have you with us, Aaron. Thank you for, thank you for skipping out on your husband to be with us today. <laughs> no problem. You hear him all the time. <laughs> These folks represent uh, thousands of students, and they touch a lot of lives every day, and so we want to lift up these folks their job is so serious. Any of you who are retired out in the congregation, would you please stand? Because I want us to know you. Those of you who are retired teachers, you know better than anybody what these folks are going through. Yeah. And y'all may be seated. We've got a gift for you that's being passed out right now, just a little tablet and a little pen. You can look at that scripture and remember uh, that we prayed for you today. But we want to do that this morning. And congregation, as we often do, when we lift up our uh, teachers and other people that we're lifting up in a special way, I just invite you to extend your hands toward this group as a sign of all of us being in unity in prayer together. And we want to lift up these folks as they begin their school year. This is so important. We thank God for these people, and so let's lift them up in prayer now. Lord, we come before you this morning, and God, we are so grateful 
for the men and women represented in this group. Lord, they have dedicated their lives and answered a calling to what I believe is the ministry of teaching. I thank you, God, for the hours of preparation they put in. I thank you, God, for the uh, care and concern they put into their students and the way that they want the very best for them. Lord, I, I pray that you would encourage them when times get tough and when they're, they're um, thinking about giving up. I pray, Lord, for those who are um, administrators, especially those in schools that are dealing with big transitions this year. I pray, Lord, that as a school year gets started, everything would be, go smoothly and that um, everybody would be lifted up, Lord, from the, those, uh, from the administrators on through the teachers and the, the faculty and staff. God, I pray your blessings on uh, all of our elementary and secondary school teachers. God, I pray your blessings on them that as they pour into students' lives, so many of them spending so many hours with our kids, we pray, God, that you would use them as your hands and as your ministers speaking truth and peace and comfort and direction and vision into these students' lives. Lord, for those in the, the college system, I pray, God, for your blessing on them as well, Lord, as they're helping students to hone the path of their future direction to find that focus that you've really created them for. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide them in that. God, we're so grateful for all of those who are paraprofessionals and those who are on the staff of the schools that, Lord, maybe they're not in the classroom, but they make a tremendous difference in students' lives, whether they're in the cafeteria or cleaning the classrooms or driving a bus or whatever they're doing. Lord, we pray, God, for their blessing as well. Thank you so much, Lord, for being with us. Lord, we know that you're going to go from this place with these teachers and these administrators and you're going to do a great work. Lord, we pray especially this morning for Pineville Elementary, our, our neighbor and our partner in education, and we pray, God, that, that you would just settle uh, your spirit upon that campus. And Lord, that you would do a great work uh, there this year. Thank you, Lord, for Dr. Stokes and her leadership and her vision. And I pray, Lord, that as she and her team reach out to those students, Lord, that there would be a great uh, ministry there. Lord, for uh, Ms. Johnson and Leslie Moore and for Ms. Dugas and Paradise, we know they're here. We pray for them, Lord. We ask God that their schools will be blessed. And Lord, I hope I'm not missing anybody else that I didn't see, but Lord, we, we pray your blessings on their schools as well. Thank you, Lord. We know that you're with us. And so we cling to you and lean upon you. May we never, ever forget it this year. May these teachers and educators never forget it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give these folks a round of applause, giving thanks to God for them. Thank you all so much for being here. We are grateful for you. God bless you, teachers, educators, staff, faculty. So many songs come to mind when we think about our educational system and being children who were taught. You remember this song. I want you to sing it with me. You remember the words. It goes like this. God is so sing to the Father, God, you're so good.
And should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will we pray our father indeed we come before you at this hour to thank you for your goodness and for your love and for your mercy we come seeking your face in worship for truly you are the God of our lives the God of our church and we worship you and praise you this day and father as we give of our tithes and our offerings today these are expressions of our love to you, for your graciousness, for your love to us, as expressed and given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask you to use these gifts for the furtherance of your kingdom, not only locally in our community, but around the world. And we thank you and praise you, Father, for all that you've given to us, and now we give ourselves to you in worship. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.
soul are you weary and troubled no light in the darkness you see there is light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free we turn our eyes we turn our eyes see the darkness
what we want to do as a church family to be able to point people to Jesus and turn them from darkness into light and I want to uh, tell you about a couple of things that are coming up in the next well really next week uh, making way looking back looking ahead it's going to be our focus next Sunday morning we're going to talk about where we've come in our vision for this year and where we're looking forward to uh, going in the last few months of this year get to celebrate some things God has done and talk about some new things that God is doing and one of those things is going to actually be happening uh, not this Thursday night but the following Thursday night and that's called man church this is a brand new thing we've put together it's going to be thursday august 23rd it's going to be the fourth thursday of every month unless otherwise spoken about it's going to be over in the youth room at 6 30 and this is for all the guys and only the guys it's going to be a manly meal a manly message manly music manly time It's the man cave of the church is what we're looking at doing here. Man church, Thursday, August 23rd. Guys of any age, we hope that you'll come and join us for that. We're going to have a great time, some good, simple uh, man-type food. We're going to sing like maybe one song together, have a testimony, and go through a study about biblical manhood together. And so I hope that you'll make plans to join us in that time together. Uh, Recently... Rebecca and I talked with some friends about teaching school and specifically teaching elementary school. And one of those uh, ladies, Linda, is retired from teaching. And as we got to talking about kids and they were talking about kids complaining and things like that. And Linda shared that one year her kids in her class were particularly into complaining and tattling on one another. And so Linda got a little frustrated with it, so she decided to get creative. And so she printed out a picture of herself, and she put it on a ficus tree in her classroom. And then when anybody would come up, any of the kids would come up to complain, she would say, go tell her. And so the kids would go over and tell the tree. At parent-teacher conferences, one of the parents asked, "Um, Miss Hudspeth, our child says you have them talking to a tree? (laughs) Our text today is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 3. And I can assure you that the Israelites, whom Moses led, complained and tattled and griped far more than any student of any age has ever even thought about complaining, griping, or tattling. These people complained for fun. They griped when they didn't have what they wanted. They griped when they did have what they wanted. It was just gripe, gripe, gripe. And in Deuteronomy 32, Moses is about to get free of their complaining. All those years of griping are about to end because Moses is about to die. There had actually been at least one moment some years before when Moses had actually prayed to God to let him die So he wouldn't have to listen to the Israelites griping anymore. I assume there were no ficus trees in the desert to point the people to. In this text, we encounter the beginning of a song of Moses. Now, overall, this particular song of Moses is less than positive. Uh, There's another song of Moses you may be familiar with. In fact, you may be more familiar with. It's the one that's a duet between Moses and his sister Miriam found in Exodus 15. And it's the one that was sung by the Israelites after they crossed the Red Sea. It has the feeling of, we are the champions, you know. We are the champions, you drowned in the Red Sea. But we are the champions of the world. This song of Moses is not like that. (laughs) The first song was sung after a great victory, before Moses had spent 40 years with the rebellious Israelites in the wilderness. This one was sung at the end of all of that. Just before Moses shares this song, uh, the Lord tells Moses he's about to die. He's told he's to commission Joshua to be a successor. And... Then God tells Moses and Joshua that the Israelites are going to continue to be a rebellious people. And in the space of a few sentences, God describes what's going to happen over the coming 
next thousand years or so. That's all in chapter 31. Moses uh, writes everything down that he's supposed to write down. And then he completes the writing of the law. He gives the writing of the law to the Levites. And then he assembles all of Israel together. And he recites to them the words of this new song of Moses. If the first one was we are the champions, this one is another one bites the dust. In fact, Old Testament scholars call this song a rib. It's a lawsuit style of address, much like the opening statement of a prosecution. In this rib, the Lord outlines for the people the struggles that he has had with them, and he brings charges against them. And God makes it clear that this song was to be a witness to remind them of their sins. Now, you think, why are we looking at this for Teacher and Student Commissioning Day? Well, we're not going to get into all that negative stuff. Instead, I want us to notice the very first part, just the first few verses, which is a beautiful word picture of what Moses and the Lord hope will happen to this teaching and to the people. It's a word picture all of us need to take into mind as we go into this school year because there is going to be an image here for teachers, there's an image for students, and then there's something for all of us to do. God makes it clear in this as we encounter Listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain, and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O praise the greatness of our God. For our purposes today, I want us to focus on verses 2 and 3. And in verse 2, we see a picture of teachers and then students if we look there we see first let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew like showers on new grass like abundant rain on tender plants teaching is seen there as falling like rain and dew and the students are like new grass and tender plants let's begin with you educators I want to spend the majority of the time here and think about how what you're doing is raining on your students. You're raining on them and things are soaking in. Moses saw his instruction like dew or a gentle rain that brings life and refreshing to the people. Moses hopes that the people will soak up what he's saying because he knows it will bring great benefit and life change and affect them for generations to come. And that's what rain does. Rain helps plants grow day in and day out. It helps them to produce what they're supposed to produce. Without rain, plants struggle and die. After far too many weeks of rain, we've experienced some intermittent showers and storms over the last couple of weeks. And it's been great. I haven't minded at all the couple of times I've been out and gotten caught without an umbrella. It's like, thank you, God, for this rain. We need it. And some of us haven't even gotten enough yet because we know how much it is needed by our yards and, and the crops around. Well, educators, the teaching that you do is rain to your students. Your teaching will help them grow and produce. However, there's something far more lasting about your teaching as opposed to natural rain. You know, if it rains today... The plants soak it up, but if the sun comes out tomorrow and the wind kicks up, that moisture is gone. That one day's rain does a little bit of good, but it doesn't last. But with you, your rain lasts for a long, long time. In fact, you often don't see the benefits of your rain for many years to come. And that's what I want to encourage you to have this morning, and that is the long view Instead of the short view. I know there is much pressure to teach to the test. And I don't mean this as a political statement. But as an educator, you're graded by how well your students do on a test. Teachers are graded by their class. 
principals are graded by their schools, and I guess we need some kind of way to measure school's performance, but a teacher hasn't necessarily succeeded just if their test scores go up. And a school hasn't necessarily succeeded just if their test scores go up. That measures a moment in time and some particular things. I think a teacher has really succeeded when 25 years from now, a former fifth grader comes up to you in Walmart and says, Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, you made a difference in my life. You brought about a change. Unfortunately, we can't measure that. Some years ago, a Yale University president gave some advice to a president of Ohio State University. <laughs> he said, always be kind to your A and B students because someday one of them will return and become a great professor at your university. But then he said, also be kind to your C students because one day one of them will return and build you a multi-million dollar facility. <laughs> it's not all about the grade. It's not all about the test score. It's about your rain soaking deep into that student's life. I've said before that fifth grade was actually my favorite year of school, but it was my hardest year until my Ph.D. studies. But every single day, I use skills that I first learned in fifth grade. Now, the skills that I use every day aren't naming all 50 states and their capitals. Though I learned that in fifth grade and aced the test and got the button and the ribbons to prove it. It's not being able to do math facts in less than a minute and a hundred and something math facts in less than a minute. I can't do that anymore because Steve Jobs, praise Jesus, created a calendar that I can carry all the time. But what I do use every day are the skills that my teachers taught me about how to manage my time, how to plan out a project, how to research and write papers, how to uh, be creative in presentation. And I use that stuff every single day. Sue Cathy and Patty Eskew rained down that stuff into my life, and they had no idea what they were teaching would impact me in that way 30 years ago. We had colossal amounts of homework in fifth grade colossal amounts of homework but I learned in that time how to manage it I got home I unpacked my backpack onto my bed and I'd have my math stack my social studies my science my whatever whatever and then my calendar with all my assignments went right in the middle of my bed to this day if you walk into my office my to-do list is in the center of my desk and I have stacks for Sunday morning Wednesday night any other teaching event and other things going on I learned that in fifth grade. Don't ask me to name the capital of Delaware. I'd have to think a while. But I can do things I learned. Yes, teachers taught me writing, arithmetic, all of that kind of stuff. But what I really remember wasn't how to figure the volume of a cylinder. I had to look that up this week for Zach. What I remember are the raindrops. The raindrops, and those made the difference. The raindrops like the challenges and creative encouragement that those fifth grade teachers gave me. The raindrops like the A++++ my ninth grade English teacher gave me on a project. But also the time when she wrote back to me on one of my journals that had a lot of erasures on it. And she said, and the journal assignment was to write about your pet peeve. I don't remember what my pet peeve was, but I remember what she wrote on the bottom of that paper, which was, Stuart, one of my pet peeves is one of my... Was when one of my best students doesn't do their best work. And that time, the grade was not A++++. There's also the reign of statements that stuck with me, like Dr. Welby Bozeman at Louisiana College when he would say, preach from the overflow. And Dr. Al Faisal at Southwestern when he would say, the sermon preaches what the text teaches. But you know, paraprofessionals and school staff are also part of that reigning. As I was thinking this week, I was reminded about how my elementary bus driver hollered at me one day off the bus. He had dropped me off. I immediately got into playing in an ant bed. He stopped the bus, opened the door back up, and said, Stuart, get out of that ant bed, and closed it. I remember how one of the cafeteria ladies in high school memorized everyone's charge code. Computers were new back then, kids. And I can still see her saying with a big smile, SH3, I got you, my baby. Have a good day. It was three seconds of my day, but it was something I looked forward to. 
I remember how the custodians at elementary school were so kind and helpful responding to the request of a third or fourth grade student going to their office and asking for help and how helpful they were. And it created in me a respect for them that I hope I still show to our custodians today here at the church. All of us adults can share how someone reigned into our lives. So educators, focus on that. You have to worry about the test, but do your best with that and don't lose sight of the real goal to soak deep into the lives of your students. Now, students, the second part of verse 2 is for you. You are that new grass. You are those tender plants that are growing. With the right rain, grass grows like crazy, especially Mahaya. It can spring up overnight, and you mow one day, and the next day you go, what happened? Well, students, as I just shared, the people at school are raining on you, and you need to soak up that rain. I know it's challenging. I know it can be stressful, but all of that prepares you to grow. You never know what God can use in the future that's being poured into you right now. You also may not realize today how what that teacher is doing is shaping you to who you will become. We can't imagine a world without a personal computer and Microsoft. But had a teacher not poured into Bill Gates, that may never have happened. Uh, while Gates is one of the world's most famous dropouts because he dropped out of Harvard to found Microsoft, he acknowledges that he would not be where he is today without the guidance of his teachers growing up. In fact, he says, there's no way there would have been a Microsoft without what they did. In fact, he credits a paraprofessional, a librarian in fourth grade, for seeing in him potential. He says, when he first met her, she was elegant and an engaging school librarian, and I was a timid fourth grader. I was desperately trying to go unnoticed, and I was trying to hide the fact that I liked to read something that was cool for girls but not for boys. That librarian took Bill Gates under her wing, helped him pull out of his shell, shared books with him that he enjoyed and that would grow him, and the multi-billionaire Gates now looks back at fourth grade as a pivotal point. He didn't know what a bite or a ram was back then. But because that librarian reigned on him and pulled him out of his shell, he eventually changed the way the world lives. Oddly enough, the other tech giant, Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple, had a similar story. In fact, fourth grade. Any, any fourth grade teachers in here today? It's amazing. Fourth grade was pivotal. Job says he was not very attentive in class, but his teacher made him develop an interest in learning. He said, Miss Hill was one of the saints of my life. She taught an advanced fourth grade class, and it took her about a month to get hip to my situation. She bribed me into learning with candy and $5 bills. <laughs> whatever works, man, whatever works. Thank you, Miss Hill. Uh, Students, be thankful for the teachers who are raining on you. Receive their rain. They work hard every day to figure out how to reach you, how to get you out of your shell, how to help you become who you can be, who God wants you to be. Be grateful for them. And if you will do that, you will sprout up like new grass. You'll sprout up like tender plants. Now verse 3 is for everybody. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of God our God. That should be our desire. Whether we are students, whether we are teachers, or whether we are people who've been there and done that. And I'm glad to consider myself in that category. Speaking of been there and done that, uh, this week is Wildcat Welcome Week, and yesterday was move-in day at LC, and uh, some weeks ago, uh, Rebecca cleaned out some of my old shirts because she doesn't like Stu's vintage clothing, and she passed them on to Zach for him to sleep in and stuff, and he comes out last night wearing my Wildcat Welcome Week shirt from 1994. Now, I know college students, y'all weren't born then, it's all right, but I laughed at the shirt too because I saw the WWW which stood in 1994 for Wildcat Welcome Week, but now means World Wide Web 
We didn't know what the World Wide Web was. It had just been invented in 1990. We didn't have that. And then I saw, the like, y'all are going to say, look at that cute emoji. That's not an emoji. We didn't know what emoji was. It's just a smiley face. <laughs> it's just a cute smiley face. But if somebody wants to create that as emoji, I will use it because it is cute. <laughs> been there, done that. There's things in our past. Whether you are a brand new student, a brand new teacher, an old teacher, an old student, or just somebody who's done and got the t-shirt, verse 3 is for all of us. This is the declared intention of this song captured in this verse. To proclaim the name of the Lord, which the Lord there is translating Yahweh, God's covenant name, and to then ascribe the greatness to our God. Notice the twofold desire there. His name and his greatness. When we speak of proclaiming the name of our God, we are declaring who he is, his character. When we speak about his greatness, we are talking about what he has done. And so every day of our lives, whether we're students teachers or people who've been there and got the t-shirt, we are to declare the name and the greatness of our God, who he is and what he has done. And so as we prepare to go into the school year, I want us to spend a few moments to think about who God is and what he's done. Have you ever experienced God as Elohim, the powerful God who spoke the world into existence? Every time you look around you, every time you consider this body God has given you, every time you open that science textbook or that geography textbook, God is Elohim. Declare it. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. God is Elohim, the powerful creator. Have you experienced God as El Elyon, the God most high, who is the superlative of all? He is holy, holy, holy. Would you say that? Holy, holy, holy. He is El Elyon. Declare that. God is El Rohai, the God who sees us wherever we are. I love that. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, he sees you. He knows where I am every hour of every day. He knows each thought I think. He knows each word that I might say. And although there were times I've stepped out of his will, I've never been out of his care. God is El Roi. Declare it. God is Yahweh Shammah, the Lord who is there. Think about that. Not only does he see you, but he's there. He's been there. He is there. He will be there. Yahweh Shammah. He is there and in his presence there is comfort in his presence 
There is peace when we seek the Father's heart. We will find such blessed assurance in the presence of the King. God is Yahweh Shammah. Declare it this year. God is Yahweh Yahweh or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Have you ever needed a need? And God provided it. Do you have a need today? God's got it. Trust him. Obey him. He will come through. He will provide. God is Yahweh Shalom. The God of peace. Have you ever needed peace? Do you need peace right now? He is the one who speaks peace into our lives. He's the one who showers it down on us with peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit Forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. He's Yahweh Shalom. He's Yahweh Rophe, the God who heals. Have you ever experienced the healing power of God in your life? Have you ever needed it? He really can and he really does. He still heals people. Today, God is Yahweh Rophe, declare it. God is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God. That means God is enough. He's enough. Even when you think you need something else, even when you think you need more, God is El Shaddai. We declare it. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. I believe you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. There are more names for God because he is great. And as we already sang, he is good. His name is great. His works are awesome. So every single day of your life, proclaim that. Every single day of your life, live that. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, or a person who's not having to worry about all that right now. Wherever you are, don't complain, but proclaim. Don't talk to a ficus tree about others. Talk to others about God. Would you read this verse with me as a commitment and a declaration today? I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. Let's pray together. Lord, that is our prayer for this school year. I pray it over our teachers. I pray it over our students. I pray it over all of us in this church and even throughout this city. Lord, we will proclaim your name and praise the greatness of our God. Lord, today we thank you and we love you. Thank you for your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to this message. And it may be that you need God to move in your life in some way today. Maybe even as I went through those names of God, you thought, I need God to be that in my life today. I invite you to come and, and to lift up that prayer here at the altar, to just seek the Lord here. Maybe you want me to pray with you. I'd be happy to do that. But come and, and seek the Lord. It may be also that you know that you need the Lord Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. I invite you to come and to make the Lord your Savior today. and Be saved. Be transformed by the power of His Spirit working in your life. 
And maybe the Lord is speaking something else in your heart to come be a part of this church family. Maybe God's calling you to do something uh, major and, and you're wanting to answer that call. This is a great time to do that so the church family can be, you, be behind you as we do. But let's all stand and seek the Lord during this time. May this song be a, a song of commitment and a song of worship.